Okay, so every blessing to you all, and welcome back to my walking, talking pulpit. This will be, Lord willing, sermon number 14. And uh, for today, if I may, I want to discuss a subject of fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but the fear of man bringeth a snare. And I'll say this, that the longer you are saved, the older you get in life, the more you start to really understand the deeper things of the Lord. Hold that thought, I'll come back to that in a moment. As you know, I like to try and walk at least three or four times a week. And if I don't walk every other day, I get somewhat lethargic. So as of today, this is my first walk in three days. And I've been so busy that it hasn't been possible me to get out and walk and now that I am also recording my messages I have to make time to do this but if I don't walk I start to feel lethargic and I start to get dry and I'll tell you something if that continues if you don't uh, deal with that you will be the one who suffers the most and that will result in all sorts of problems for you physical and spiritual but here I am, very much back on my beat and very much enjoying this incredibly hot September day. Apparently this has been the hottest September since 1911, which is somewhat remarkable. So no complaints from myself, even though I'm very hot and I've got sweat pouring down my face. Somewhat of a hideous thought to behold, I know, but what can you do? So I make the most of the weather because once the autumn arrives it gets cold it gets wet it gets damp and it can even become uh, snowy and icy and when it starts to ice up look out but I'm gonna push on and I am over halfway through my walk and as I was heading off on my walk today many ideas going through my mind I once again walked past this particular house which uh, is owned by an elderly gentleman. And I would say he's probably in his 90s. And whenever I walk past his house to do the open air pulpit, for example, or the walking talking pulpit, especially when I'm walking, I can't help but see him sitting in his favorite chair, watching television or reading the newspaper. Not a care in the world. And I've met many men like him up in their 90s that went through the Second World War, survived the Second World War, came out of that era and went on to have a great life. And that particular generation thinks that they are very much untouchable, that somehow they beat hell, and therefore when they die, the Lord will owe them heaven. People have some strange beliefs, real strange beliefs. And if you ever challenge these people, and I have, to show you where they get their information from, they can't. It's simply something in their mind. It's vain philosophy. It's very much part of their imagination. Of course, you and I know that nobody is good, only one that is God. And we know that grace is a gift of God, not of works, as any man should boast. But of course, when you're dealing with unsaved people, young or old, male or female, they have no idea what this is all about. And they really do think that for many of them, Almighty God owes them heaven that somehow he is indebted to them, that somehow when they die, 
St. Peter will be at the pearly gates waiting to receive them in. It's not any foolishness, it's dangerous because most churches won't correct that particular view. And that's why I get sickened when I come across people who are having uh, so-called Christian funerals, VIPs, or just everyday people. And they've asked for a so-called Christian funeral and the vicar or the priest has been called to do the service and of course he gets paid to do the service I'm sure you know that he doesn't do it for free and he gets up and he starts to speak to those presents about what a great man the deceased was or what a great woman the deceased was he never met her or him a day in his life and he will speak about something he knows nothing about and very much tickle the ears of those present and like I say he's not doing it for nothing it's very much a part of his career he's what you call a professional pastor or a career clergyman and those that attend such funerals are delighted to hear that their loved one is in a better place quote-unquote and yet again if you get the chance question such people and ask them to substantiate uh, their belief that their loved one is in a better place if you die without Christ I don't care who you are or where you are the Word of God says you go to hell and you burn and I'll tell you something these old gentlemen up in their 90s now who fought during the last war whether British American Canadian German French Austrian uh, Australian New Zealanders all those men have got one thing in common when they all die they all go to the same place and I don't mean heaven I mean hell that's right that's quite a thought isn't it these men spent from 1939 to 1945 killing each other on the battlefield of course the Americans didn't come into the war until 1941 but Britain was fighting alone for nearly two years and during that time there's a guy in America called Joe Kennedy Ambassador Kennedy, the father of John F. Kennedy, uh, Bobby Kennedy, and he was a pacifist and he wouldn't get involved with the war and he was able to convince uh, President uh, Roosevelt not to get involved with the war. And after months and months of Britain pleading with America to come into the war to help Britain out, they started by giving tanks and I think old ships and also alone to keep Britain afloat but old Kennedy Catholic of course and I just wonder if he was deliberately wanting to punish Britain being a Protestant country where of course he was Catholic and Hitler was Catholic and Mussolini was a Catholic and I just wonder if that was uh, Joe Kennedy's Catholic Jihad to punish Britain to force Britain to fight the Nazis alone and by the grace of God she stood very much alone for nearly two years until America eventually came into the war and of course the rest is history but those old boys up in their 90s now and I've watched so many of these documentaries over the years of these gentlemen heroes of course they did a great service to the UK and we should never forget that giving their frank account and uh, sharing their memories about what it was like on the battlefield and yet they're hard 
I mean, they are hard. They are dead from the neck up. They can't be reached. And I've spoken to these men on the street, and I've spoken to these women on the street. And I'll tell you something, it's very difficult to get through to such people. Those individuals should be fearing the Lord, and yet for the most, they couldn't care less. And I wonder sometimes what more we can do to reach such people. In fact, I was thinking this about uh, 25 minutes ago, before I started recording that. I wouldn't be surprised when heaven finally is open, when the Lord uh, blows the final whistle and he calls time. It wouldn't surprise me at all if most people of my age, from my generation, or I'll go one step further than that, it wouldn't surprise me whatsoever if the overwhelming majority of people that have lived since creation to the end of the millennium that made, say, 75 or 80 years of age die and go to hell. It wouldn't surprise me at all. And as a result, those that are in glory, for the most part, are children, the innocents, those that died prematurely, maybe through an abortion or through an accident or an illness. And I wouldn't be surprised if heaven is predominantly made up of such people, whereas the majority of people in hell are just everyday people. Not concentration camp guards, not abortionists, not pornographers, not bank robbers, not murderers, not whoremongers, just everyday individuals. Hard-working people getting up, going to work, or not getting up and going to work, raising a family or not raising a family. Just ordinary people who died and went to hell and will be there for all of eternity. It's a terrible thought. And yet that is what the scripture speaks about, clearly. But go back to what I said at the beginning of this message. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I've watched uh, many a horror film before I was saved. And it's kind of normal when you're growing up to watch such material. You want to uh, get a fright. And when you're young, you enjoy getting a fright. Kind of normal. But as you grow up, as you uh, become older, you don't fright so easily. You don't scare so easily. And therefore you need something to really uh, frighten you. And for many people, they start getting involved with the occult, like an Ouija board, or they go and see a medium or clairvoyant. Now, thank the Lord, I never got involved with that. I had more sense than that. I was a typical ignorant Catholic. But for many people, that grew up around my generation they would do all sorts of wicked things to get a kick and that's foolish because that kind of uh, situation stays with you forever but I'll tell you something if you want to get a real kick or if you want to really experience fear this is one particular fear that you don't want to uh, ever have to experience and it's a fear of maybe going to hell it's a fear that perhaps you're not saved it's the fear that perhaps you've done something which the Lord can't forgive you for. You see, many times we forget to confess some of our smaller sins. They go right out of our minds and they start to build up. And after a while, you've got a lot of small sins just accumulating, sitting, undealt with. I guess it's like this. You take a loan out and you ignore it for a while. And after a while, it starts to build up and the interest rates start to build up. 
and you're so busy doing a nine to five job, raising a family, enjoying life that you don't think about it. And after several months, you get a letter through the post saying that you now owe X amount of money. And that puts the fear into you. You start to panic because you know you can't make the payment. And I think that is somewhat similar to what I'm speaking about today. That awful fear that perhaps you're not saved or you've done something so hideous that Almighty God can't forgive you. This is why it's important to check yourself out. Like I said a few moments ago, if I don't walk at least every other day, I get somewhat lethargic. And that's a pretty uncomfortable feeling to experience. And when I headed off my walk today, I was somewhat tired. My legs were heavy. I didn't feel very energized. And yet, praise the Lord, Within around 25 minutes of walking, I started to come alive. I started to revive. I got a second wind and I feel much better now. And as a result, I can start to communicate and have fellowship with Almighty God. The other fear in the scripture is the fear of man. And the fear of man can cripple you. And I've heard all sorts of accounts of people that went through World War II who were terrified of the Russians. In 1945, I think it was three and a half million Russian soldiers crashed their way into Germany, pretty much stormed their way in. Britain and America were told to stand down to their shame and over three million Russians went into Germany and they were angry. They were angry that their country had been invaded, that they almost lost the war, that Hitler had been able to get 17 miles outside the gates of Moscow. They were upset about it and on top of that they were told by their generals to do whatever they wanted to do and these barbarians uh, most couldn't read or write most had never seen a toilet in their life let alone a watch found their way in germany a very advanced country and most of the men in germany were either dead or in concentration camps and if you weren't in one of those two places then you either uh, sick or incapacitated. In other words, the women had no one to defend them. And the boy soldiers had been called upon to go and fight on the front line and they got massacred. So you've got three and a half million uh, Russian soldiers, uh, mostly conscripts, terrorizing those poor people in Germany. And I believe over 300,000 German ladies of all ages were raped. And uh, some of those ladies, some of those women, some of those children gave birth. And some of those women had abortions as well. It was terrible. But the great fear were the Russians. The Russians are coming. Now that's a human fear. And that kind of fear is understandable. And yet when it comes to fear of the Lord, that's not so uh, common. And I ask myself this. Why is it possible when I see this elderly gentleman, and I've seen many like him over the years, very much enjoying his life, feet up, reading the newspaper or watching his favorite uh, television program. How can it be possible that he has no fear of the Lord, that he has no fear of dying and being judged? And yet here I am, much younger than he is, and I'm very much fearful, very much aware that Almighty God is holy and I'm not. And one day I'm gonna die and be judged. And yes, I think saved people should fear the Lord. I think saved people should be fearful about the judgment seat of the Lord. 
I don't think you should ever stop being fearful of the judgment seat of the Lord. But people like him have been able to survive an awful event. And they got into their minds that they're pretty invincible. And as a result, they're not fearful of facing the Lord. And yet when those people die, they're going to be judged. And if they're not saved, and most aren't, they're going to go to hell forever. I'll tell you something else. During my years of growing up, like I said, I watched many horror films. And I've seen many uh, documentaries over the years. And I've read many articles of serial killers and their victims. And what continues to fascinate me is what's called the Stockholm Syndrome. Which, if you don't know, simply means that for some people that have been kidnapped, for some people that have been held for long periods of time by their captives, they get into a relationship with their captives. Sometimes uh, physical, sometimes emotional, sometimes even beyond that. I've heard of some accounts of people that have fallen pregnant as a result of being detained against their will. And they've had two or three children and as a result, they've developed somewhat of a rapport with their captives. I think it was that awful event in Ohio, maybe two or three years ago, which made the news how five or six women had been detained against their will for 20 years. And that was a terrible event. And it had been kept quiet for a long time. But like all things, it uh, came out, it was made public, and they got the guy who had done that, put him for a court, he was found guilty and yet what was really quite shocking was that he wasn't given 24-hour uh, suicide watch he wasn't put on a suicide watch he was almost allowed to do his own thing and I wondered if there was some corruption there or some incompetence or something more sinister going on so much so that he was able to take his own life and yet he had several children with one of his female captives developed a relationship with her and yet the other two, the other three were terrified of him. Absolutely terrified of him. And that's understandable. And yet, why is it that we can't get these people to fear the Lord? Well, there's many reasons. Number one, the scripture says, until you are born again, you are spiritually dead. You have no comprehension of the things of the Lord. You have a conscience, of course you do. And you know the difference between right and wrong. But beyond that, you can't really grasp what is going on. And therefore, you are like a child growing up in your parents' house, oblivious to what goes on, or you're like a pet in your home. Could be a cat, could be a dog, could be anything. And you know nothing about what happens outside of your own remit. You are completely uh, incapable of understanding what is going on. And that's why it's pitiful to watch Christians debate atheists for long periods of time about such subjects. And atheists will say something like, uh, why does the Lord allow so much suffering? Or what was the point of him coming to die for other people? Or why is he interested in blood? They've got no idea of understanding whatsoever. And some of these Christians, no doubt well intended, will spend hours going back and forth with these atheists, unsaved people, spiritually dead, trying to get them to understand a subject which they can't understand. You try and sit down with your five-year-old son or your five-year-old daughter, and you try and explain to your child UK foreign policy or the UK stock exchange or how the Bank of England keeps Britain afloat your child has no understanding of that couldn't even grasp it in fact you try and explain it to a teenager or someone in their 20s or 30s for most people it go right over their heads 
and I include myself in that category. I've got no understanding of monetary uh, regulations or interest rates or these stock markets. I've got no idea about that kind of stuff. And I've got no interest either. So why would you expect somebody who's not saved to understand spiritual issues? Of course, they wouldn't. There's something which they can't grasp because they're dead from the neck up. So I will say this, and as always, try and pull this message together and conclude it, that on the one hand, it's good to fear because fear keeps you on your toes. Fear keeps you in the scripture. Fear keeps you in fellowship with the Lord. Fear keeps you humbled and fear keeps you aware that those that are not saved need to be saved. Fear of the man, on the other hand, is problematic because fear of man does nothing for you. There's nothing good about fearing man. You can have a reverential fear for one of your relatives, could be your father or your mother or somebody who is over you, as it were, or even a fear of your boss to some extent, but a real uh, fear which grips you, a fear which paralyzes you, is no good. And that particular fear can come as a result of a bad conscience, like I say, unconfessed sin, like I say, lack of time in the scripture, and due to being overly focused on yourself, and not focusing on the Lord and other people. So I hope this has been of some help to you all. I should say that when I head off on my walks, I don't always know what I'm going to talk about. I have a rough idea, but nothing specific until I start to walk and I start to uh, record and I start to see how I'm moved, how I'm led. But fear, whether you're saved or unsaved, male or female, young or old, married or unmarried, employed or unemployed, is a common occurrence. It's how you deal with it, which is the issue. And yes, it is possible to fear the Lord and to also fear man. And when that happens, you are technically out of fellowship with the Lord. If you truly fear the Lord, you shouldn't fear anyone because your mind should be completely focused on him and what he wants you to do for him. But if you're like most people, and I include myself in this category, you can become very much caught up in the here and now and you can become very much focused on what is all around you and lose sight of the bigger picture. And that's why I said several weeks ago to get the balance right, because you are a three-part being, body, soul and spirit, it's imperative that you get the balance right. And I've made the case in the past that I can spend X amount of time reading the scripture and that's a great blessing and yet if I don't walk, if I don't get out of my house, I suffer from a physical perspective. In fact, I'll say this and close with this, that I'm currently reading through the scripture and I've just finished 2 Samuel chapter 9 and over in uh, 1 Kings or 2 Kings, I think it's 1 Kings, there was an account of Solomon, the son of David, a saved man, I believe, who got into all sorts of trouble. As you know, he was very carnal and the word of God says, if you, look, if you live after the flesh, you will die meaning you'll die prematurely. You don't go to hell if you're saved. And he was carnal and he lived after the flesh and he got into all sorts of problems. And what the Lord did with him was he raised up two adversaries to give him a hard time. And those two adversaries were on his back for years. And I think 
that caused him a great level of fear and rightly so because he was holy he was the king of israel he was the son of david he was a saved man he had no right to live like he lived and i'll say this as well if you are saved and not walking with the lord don't expect the devil to uh, completely ignore you because you belong to the lord and he will still cause you problems he will still hinder you he will afflict you with uh, physical problems and emotional problems it doesn't matter whether you're on the front line or not if you're saved you're going to have to put up with unwanted attention because you belong to the lord you don't uh, belong to yourself you have been purchased and therefore you are going to be dealt with accordingly so fear comes in many different packages in many different ways and like i say it's how you deal with it and i will say this that for what it's worth if you are fearful and if you are saved check yourself out confess your sin because that could be the cause or get yourself busy get yourself up out and about too much time in your hands is no good because too much time in your hands starts to put you into neutral and you start to go down memory lane and you start to think about yesteryear and how he wronged you or how she wronged you or how you should have got this uh, this promotion or that promotion or how it wasn't right that this uh, went that way or that went this way you know what i'm saying that kind of thing grates with you and it causes you to become bitter and somewhat despondent so check yourself out if you've got time in your hands do something with your time read the scriptures regularly like morning afternoon and evening and i'll tell you something within a short period of time if you do that you will experience great peace great blessings great joy and those around you will see that and it'll be somewhat contagious to them they'll want some of that as well if you're not saved you need to get saved and if you're not saved and you don't fear the lord or you think that somehow you're okay then deal with that because that is a delusion that is something which uh, if you're not careful will take you further astray and end up causing you to lose your mind and there are many people in psychiatric wards around the world that have lost their minds many people on medication trying to deal with their problems and emotions but i'll hold it there and maybe come back if necessary and do a part two to this subject on fear the lord bless you all and maranatha